Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. There's a specific strain of cannabis that's called Haley's Comet. It was developed specifically for and named after a young girl who had a severe form of epilepsy, which conventional medications could not help. And joining us from Vancouver, British Columbia, to tell the story of her daughter is Cheryl Rose. Cheryl, good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Cheryl, Thank you for having me. How young was Haley when you first noticed she was having seizures? Um, she was about six years old, between six and seven, when they first found out she had seizures. She may have had them before, but the pediatrician and that didn't feel that she was, but there was... Things that to this day are questionable if they actually may have been some seizure activity around when she was two, just after her MMR shot. If that was, then it had settled down and at between six and seven, uh, there was a EEGs come back that yes, she definitely had a seizure condition. So after her vaccination, something changed. Yeah, yeah. She started doing this height. It was really weird. Um, and I can't for sure say that it was seizures. The doctors weren't able, they didn't do any tests back then. But I had taken her to a pediatrician and he felt, she, what she was doing was she was hyperventilating. And she would look kind of off into space and it was really weird. But that happened right after her MMR shot. And then it seemed to settle down and just stopped. And then when she was about six to seven, she started having seizures. And what was the specific diagnosis? Uh, at the time, um, they weren't sure. First, they weren't sure if it was epilepsy. Then they had to check it, it do more tests. Then they tried her on um, while they were still unsure, because this is in the very, very beginning, where they, they have to do a bunch of EEGs and things before they can say, yes, it's definitely epilepsy. First, they weren't sure. They tried her on a couple of drugs. They didn't work, so they were like, okay, well, maybe that's not what it is. Let's take her off them. We took her off them. I took her to uh, California, her and her younger brother. While we were there, and I was looking, at that point, I was already looking for medical cannabis, and she was turning eight. Um, This is about a, a year after they had first said, hey, yeah, we think she has seizures, but we're not really sure. Uh, and I took her to um, California. We went looking for doctors, and we couldn't find anybody that would talk to us about cannabis because she was only eight. Uh, well, turning eight. So she ended up having 40 gram malls in 24 hours, plus a bunch of other. So- she has five different seizure types. We ended up in the ER. They put her on phenobarbital, and then we left, and we ended up coming back to Canada because we were just not finding what our intended purpose in going to California was. After that, within a short period after that, they had 
around that time, they diagnosed her with multiple seizures, difficult to control uh, drug resistance. And she kind of had that diagnosis, which is pretty general for quite a few years. But according to her EEGs, uh, there was classic uh, slow spike wave pattern, which is typical of LGS. So after years, uh, you know, a couple of years of being able to confirm it, uh, they diagnosed her with LGS. Cheryl, what is LGS short for? It is Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. It is a severe rare form of epilepsy. It's similar to Dravé syndrome. Uh, where multiple seizures, difficult to control, drug resistance, um, age of onset is between, average age of onset is between two and six years old. Uh, there are kids that don't get it until later on, um, or younger, a lot of, uh, childhood, like, uh, West Syndrome, which is a infantile, uh, seizures as well as other infantile seizures. Uh, a lot of them end up turning into LGS. Uh, it's, uh, children have, what it does is they cause children to not be able to learn or deterioration in learning. So they will actually lose skills or they'll stay stagnant. We were lucky with Haley, um, at six, she kind of stayed stagnant at that for quite a few years at that level instead of, uh, losing more skills. Right before she started cannabis at age 15, we noticed that she was losing skills. And it was happening really fast. Uh, Can you give us some been, examples? She would just, she would have more seizures. Her speech was a little more off, concentration, uh, cognitive abilities, um, understanding of things, just all that sort of thing, even her um, mobility. I mean, she was very, very mobile, and she still is very mobile. So we, we've been very, very, you know, uh, lucky in that respect. But there, you could just see overall decline. And in January 2008, I was told that she was not going to make it to when I asked about what we would look at at school next year because she was just seizing so much, it was really hard to have her in school because she was always ending up in the ER. And they said, don't expect putting her in school for September. And I said, well, what do you mean? And they were like, well, she might not make it till September. And this is in January. And they said, so just forget about school because you're going to be taking care of her, right? Uh, and then I said, well, what about Christmas? And he said, "There's she's not going to be here for Christmas. Wow. There was no way, yeah. Um, so they were, giving her, course, they were giving her a death sentence then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 100%. What's, what's they, going- they, and at that point, they wanted me to start grief counseling wow, what's, in January. What's going through your mind when they're saying this to you? Um, <laughs> one of the things was I handed them the federal paperwork and asked them to please sign for the MMAR so I could give her one last chance at something. And, you know, um, I had been searching and trying everything. We had actually, at that point, right when they were telling us this, I had, um, searched 
the world looking for options. And I had found uh, some stem cell research in uh, at Sir Ramachandra uh, Stem Cell Institute in uh, India. And we were actually looking at taking her to India to try it. But the doctor had said at that time, the uh, what their process was wasn't perfected enough. And he actually had had a patient that had had it done. But what happens was um, it was embryonic stem cells and they would put them in the brain, right? And what would happen is they become whatever they touch. So they grow, right? Which is great, except they don't disperse properly, which means you end up with a lump of cells in that one area and actually caused more problems than good at that time. And he said, you know, it's going to be a while before she's not going to make it to be long around long enough to try that. So then of course it was again with the MMAR and nope, nobody would touch it. Not a chance. Well, her because she was in begin you know puberty and her her cycle was starting to become a regular sort of thing in um may her cycle in may we it wasn't fully on a uh, on a proper schedule yet but in may uh by may she was declining fast like she looked like uh Mark Emery said himself, you know, she seemed like a child with severe autism, unable to speak, unable to do things. And, you know, just kind of like a walking zombie is kind of how she was or or unable to focus on people and and look you in the eye like she she was really losing her skills quickly. Mm. Cheryl, Uh, I can't imagine what goes through a, a parent's mind when you see your child deteriorating like that. Well... What was going through my mind was that um, right before January, uh, my son, who was three years younger than Haley, mm-hmm. um, every time Haley would seize, he came to me going, Mommy, is she going to die now? Because we all knew that she was getting worse and it was just becoming life threatening. And then they said that in January. Uh, so he had gone to live with his dad for a little while. And while I tried to do what I could for his sister, mm-hmm. and I also had a younger child who, oh my gosh, what Haley was 11 when she was born. So she was about three, mm-hmm. I think four at that time. Um, and I, you know, obviously I was very scared, but I, went and decided that this is back in 2008, right? So really there wasn't much around for information about children or about epilepsy. Everybody knew that it could help, but you couldn't get anybody on board (laughs) with my kid. So uh, even at 15, it was really difficult, and especially here in Canada. And I ended up having to make a choice, and the choice was, and I had spoken to my youngest kid's father and said to him, listen, I'm going to give my daughter cannabis, and if anything happens, like if, uh, you know, Child Protective Services or the police or something, like if I get in trouble for this, I need you to have my back and, and be ready to take our youngest. So I kind of pre-planned that all hell would be break loose and I was going to be in a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that because well, I knew what I was about to do was I was about to break the law to try and save my child's life. And I did. 
And it was the best decision I have ever made. You know, uh, it really was. Um, we went and I accumulated some medical cannabis that was uh, from me- uh, like uh, medically grown. And we went to Mark Emery's uh, Vapor Lounge. I just want to tell how to use vape. Cheryl, I just want to tell folks who may not be familiar with Mark Emery who uh, don't live in Canada, Mark Emery is affectionately known uh, in this country, Canada, as the Prince of Pot. And he was the one that helped you out in this regard, correct? Yes. I didn't know who to contact, right? Yeah. It was 2008, didn't know who to contact. This is the only person that stands out you know at that time he really was standing out of the crowd of in this cannabis movement and i had some incredible supportive people uh you you know my my friends that were like no you know what just do it just go Mm -hmm. and so i went down there I, i contacted him first told him what was up and he said come down and i'll talk to you right obviously he's not going to give me cannabis for my child, right? So I go down there and we bring Haley down there and I had this cannabis and we put it in the volcano vaporizer and I he shows us how to use it and then I give it to Haley, right? He's like, Mom, you got to give it to her. I'm like, okay. And I give her the volcano vaporizer and she has a few puffs off it. First way to try and show her how to use it, which was quite funny, but she got it. And uh, within moments of vaporizing, she started clearing up and making eye contact and talking. And, you know, everybody who was there and witnessed it was just completely blown away because we all saw the difference within moments. It it was ridiculous. It was like, wow. So, um, that was great. Uh, we went home, and the next day I went down and I bought a volcano vaporizer. And uh, we had the pleasure of meeting Michelle Rainey. Uh, Mark con- uh, set us up in contact with her. Rest in peace. Incredible woman. Um, she introduced us to Dr. Paul Hornby. And Dr. Hornby worked with us, and what we did was at first we first few days... Uh, we were using the volcano vaporizer, and then what was left over in the material, uh, the spent material, well, we don't. We were doing three inhaled bags, the arm length from your fingertips to your elbow. And then we would give her the spent material, half teaspoon to teaspoon of spent material from the vaporizer, uh, mixed with butter, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she would eat that. And that was her first time taking oral cannabis. And it did an amazing job. It, it held um, her seizure stability far longer than just inhaling. It was amazing. Within a few days of meeting Dr. Hornby, uh, these incredible growers uh, showed up. And actually, uh, the strain wasn't actually created for Haley. It happened to be bred the year before, grown, and its first crop showed up three days after Haley started. Uh, we met Dr. Hornby, which was, you know, four days. We met him the day after she started, and within 
I think it was about four days of starting medical cannabis, uh, this these incredible growers showed up uh, where Dr. Hormy was working, and he tested their product, and it showed CBD. And when he was explaining to them what an incredible sign this was, because the only place he had ever seen high CB in any CBD amounts was in hemp. So this was really major for us. And, you know, everybody, I guess, was crying there. I wasn't there the time, but he immediately got on the phone, called me and said, get in here. We've got something for Haley that I think is going to make a huge difference. And she started that. And it was a total of 11 days after she saw her GP, nine days after starting medical cannabis. So two days after that, we started medical cannabis after seeing her GP. And we went in and we saw him. And I had faxed over the MMAR paperwork to him. And I got there. And he opens the door to the... uh, the his office where we're sitting waiting for him and Haley's sitting there going I'm bored I'm bored I'm really really bored <laughs> and he starts yeah seriously he opens the door and he sees and he can hear this and he's like just starts laughing and he looks at me and he's like that's because your brain's working he looks at me and goes what happened because <laughs> the change you know? was just so profound I guess it, it was so profound. He had seen her 11 days prior, and we were discussing, you know, I, he knew that we, you know, had to start doing something, and it was like, okay, we're going to do the best we can with what we can, and how are you, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he he couldn't believe the difference. It was so noticeable. He was like, what happened? I told him what I did, and I said, I need you to sign these papers. And he went, okay. And he signed it immediately, no questions, because the difference was so profound in her communication, her abilities, her she's, her mobility, everything. He was just blown away. You couldn't deny the difference. There's no denying that, right? Yeah. So he signed, and she became Canada's uh, first child patient. And right after her, actually, uh, Storm Peschel, he's in Toronto. He was actually signed just within a couple of months of Haley, and they're about the same age. So he was signed just a couple of months later for a completely different uh, condition. How so, was? How did this? So, sorry, uh, Cheryl. How did this help her seizures in terms of the number of seizures she had prior to taking cannabis? Oh, it it dropped them right out. It, she ended up going because what happened was she was, like I was saying, she was right in the middle of hitting her uh, regular hormonal cycle. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen, and we found it real quick, <laughs> that for two weeks a month, she had no seizures, which was amazing because she was having at least 12 grandmas a night. That doesn't include the day. That doesn't include the four other types of seizures she has. Doesn't include any of that. She was having them every single day, all but maybe one, two days a month. But she was having them continuous every day, and they were just getting worse and worse. And they dropped out, even with the high THC cannabis that we started, they just bought them right out. And all of a sudden, there was none. And here's this kid who's laughing and talking and not seizing and engaging, and it's just like, wow. 
Then her high seizure time, uh, her cycle kicked in. When her cycle kicked in, she went into status. What we found out is that estrogen is a pro-convulsant. Haley's natural hormonal cycle will actually send her into status epilepticus. So now that we had beat LGS, because right away they did a, an EEG six weeks after starting cannabis before her uh, cycle had fully kicked in. And they, the findings of the EEG six weeks after starting medical cannabis was that they no longer believed she had an epileptic encephalopathy, which meant she doesn't have LGS anymore. Mm. We can come off the other drugs. Well, her cycle is the only main reason why Haley takes any medications now. We actually have her on progesterone and progesterone-only um, pills in order to make her body think that it's not cycling as bad. Uh, I so, see. Okay. I'm, yeah. I, I'm yeah being, being, a man, being a man, I'm trying to understand this. Okay. <laughs> Well, the estrogen, right? Yeah. A woman's menstrual cycle. And yep. every, you know, so every two weeks we'd get no seizures whatsoever and then we would get some seizures. Now, over the years and over the last two years, we um, obviously we've tried different medications and stuff. And pretty much every drug she's on right now is to, except for the cannabis, is to combat well, and the cannabis, but is to combat the catamenial seizures because the actual cannabis got rid of her LGS. So, um, but estrogen is not our friend when you have seizures (laughs) and you're highly sensitive. We have over the last two years, aside from, you know, changing up a few medications and things like this, but we've actually utilized high CBD Strains, which is a whole strain because I am all about the entourage effect Mm -hmm. rather than single uh, cannabinoids. And I can explain that, my reason behind that in a moment here. Um, So we added in high CBD to take Haley's ratio from a 1 to 1 or a 1.12. So it would be a 1.2 to 1 CBD THC during her regular good time and then during high seizure time we give her 1.4 to 1 ratio cbd to thc now that ends up only being about a 20 milligram to 30 milligram increase in her actual cannabis regime per dose that slight amount is enough to help combat the worst of the catamenial seizures sometimes we do still get breakthroughs we end up going for like a few months nothing then there'll be a few breakthroughs but they're all in that sequence we're not even uh the last few months we're not getting any um high uh any seizures from the full moon which was also an issue for her oh the full moon Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All those stories about the full moon. They're and they're, they've actually over the years. I've watched this over the years with the medical community, and doctors actually do take that into consideration. If you have seizures during the equinox, or if you have see if you're sensitive to the full moon, and you're charting it, the and you show them, hey, it is an actual thing. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard. I've heard from people in the medical profession who work in the emergency room that if it is a night with the full moon, uh, they'll be extremely busy. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So, so it, you know, it, it, I mean, it affects us, right? So. Yeah. Charlotte, must have been incredible for you as a parent and a relief for Haley to have this relief of when she started taking the cannabis to be able to sleep through the night. I mean, when you when she was oh, sleeping wow. through the night, her bo- <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and to this day, I still, I mean, I hear that sound of the beginning of a seizure day or night, and I jump. I jump. It's like I go right from asleep to right awake. Um, any sounds. I, I still um, have a... Her neurologist said it best. He said, any parent with a child, especially a mother, who has a child that has a severe seizure condition like Haley has LGS or Drave or any one of the other severe medical, uh, severe seizure conditions, any parent that doesn't have PTSD to it, he's never met them. He's like, it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you are so programmed to jump the minute your child seizures, it doesn't matter day or night. To this day, I still wake up and I'm like, oh, is she breathing? Because there is sudden uh, unexplained epileptic death. It's a very real thing, and and it happens all the time to our children. Do you take take, uh, medical cannabis for, for PTSD? Yes, I do. I also take it for my ADHD and uh, pain. How has your how has your Haley's younger brother uh, dealt with this? Um, it was really hard for him when he was very young. Um, you know, children in the families go through a lot because if a child has a seizure, that's it. You might go into the ER, or your plans just got changed, or whatever. So it can be quite hard on the on, on the family. Um, you know, other siblings as well. And of course, they're supportive and they love their sibling. They don't want anything to happen to them. But there are a lot of times that, you know, you just don't get that every day, every, you know, Tuesday we go and we do this. Well, you can't, you can plan it, but you have to be aware that it's always going to change, right? Mm -hmm. You never know. So it is quite hard on the kids as well. Um, and I, I know that a lot of times support systems are built around and ser- the services are around the individual person who's suffering and they kind of forget about the rest of the family or maybe they'll help the parents out. But they, you know, siblings, siblings need that support as well because they are strong and they, I find them to be some of the strongest young people I've ever met are the siblings of children with epilepsy because they go through a lot as well with it. Cheryl, I'm sure you talk to other parents who are in similar circumstances that uh, you were in and are in. Uh, What do you tell them? I tell them to talk to their doctors. Um, We actually uh, will, because we put a protocol in, in 2009, in the public school system here in Vancouver for children to receive oral canicaps, you know, orally if they're eating it to have them administered. And then in 2011, we had the Iolite vaporizer approved for vaporizing in the classroom for emergency purposes. Um, so these things are allowed in the system and they actually are more accepted than people would think. Oh no, you can't do that. Well, yeah, you can. Um, and it can be done and it has been done. Um, 
I, I tell them, you know, don't, you know, don't panic. There, there is, you know, a lot of people out there that have education and, and can help you and can educate your doctors. Number one is making sure that your doctor's on the same page. And if they aren't educated, to make sure that you can provide them with that education. Um, unfortunately for patients, you know, we do have a lot of work we got to do ourselves. I've never met a parent who was upset about doing that work because that that hope, that possibility of helping their child, any parent would do it. You know, they're going to look for it. Unfortunately, it does get difficult with doctors. They're still afraid here to sign. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with uh, the rules and regulations surrounding um, our medical system here and the medical cannabis system here. But uh, a lot of things we do is if a patient does have a doctor or is receiving it from a club or an LP, we don't discriminate on, on what year, where you got it or anything. It's, we're not about that. We're about making sure that people get the help they need in order to figure out how to find the best dose for them. We all know that people are, everyone is very individual. Strains are very individual. So um, what we provide is we do uh, consulting with them where uh, a lot of children get helped with high CBD and then there are kids who need a one-to-one like Haley or there's children that also need a higher THC or THCA when it comes to uh, fighting seizures. So we uh, have developed a sort of a, a system to help them try these different ones and help them find out the right ratios, find out which one's going to work best for them. And of course, there's many, many strains out there. So we do encourage people to try the different strains. You know, if a strain is known for having positive effects, well, then you want to try those strains first, right? Like uh, Haley's Hope or Charlotte's Web or any one of Jaden's juices in uh, the States there as well. So, How old is Haley today and uh, how is she doing? Haley is 23 years old. We have been blessed to get to see so many birthdays. Uh, we Haley graduated high school. Dr. Paul Hornby uh, escorted her to her prom. Aww. That was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Um, that that alone is something I never in a million years would have thought we'd see. We were told there's no way. You know, so it it's not just a celebration for us, but it's a celebration for the doctors that have worked with my daughter, for Dr. Hornby, for all our friends and uh, other advocates that have gotten to and been part of our, our journey. It's a celebration for all of us because it's just amazing. Now she's 23. Um She's doing good. I, she used to read at a grade two level. Now she can read books like Narnia and things like that. Uh, unfortunately, from all the years of pharmaceuticals, uh, it's taken a severe toll on her bones and her teeth as far as her, her bones. And so she has bone deterioration. And unfortunately, uh, her jaw bones have taken a real beating from the pharmaceuticals. And it's, as the doctor said, uh, pharmaceuticals will help for a while, and then eventually <laughs> they don't. They actually uh, end up attacking your system. So because she's outlived any expectancy that they could have ever had for her, 
she's now hit the other spectrum. That part is is kind of rough, but she's doing really good. I mean, she has a, only has like a few breakthrough seizures here and there, and that would only be on during her high seizure time. It's amazing the difference of her health and her understanding or comprehension and the things that she wants to do and her socialization compared to where she was at. You know, we were, when she was seizing hard before we started cannabis, you could literally see her lose skills every time she seized. Mm -hmm. It was like she would come out and her speech would be off. She'd come out and her dexterity was off. Her thinking was off and it just got worse every time. It was a fast decline for her. What What is the Haley Rose Foundation? We are a not-for-profit society. We are, what we do is we do consultations and education, support for families, especially children with epilepsy. But, of course, we don't discriminate. If you are seriously ill, we will help you if we can. We haven't quite got to scholarships yet. We uh, it'll it'll be a bit before we can do that. We have to raise some funds. So yeah, I hear you. to provide that, but you know, it is one of our goals. Um, and yeah, we can provide healthcare services or products to families in need. Um, so if you have a severe seizure condition, we will not just consult with you we actually uh for consulting and when you join up you we have a uh a a logging sheet for uh those with epilepsy that's simple check marks and then there's a seizure log as well that they can write down any information anything that we need to know extra about it what we do is we go over the logs and we look for different things that will help us to determine whether there needs to be changes done with the cannabis medicine or or what, right? Have we found the sweet spot? Is there something else we need to look at and try? Because there are many different things. And like Haley needs a one-to-one. We have an L, a child with LGS who does great on another child that does great on a one-to-one. And then we have another child who has to have the Charlotte's Web. All same condition, all different children. It's very unique for everyone. So, yeah, Cheryl, it was it, uh, great of you to join us and tell your story. Uh, we very much appreciate it, and uh, all the best in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. And, uh, oh, no problem. No problem. You can find us on Facebook at the Haley Rose Foundation, um, and we have a website. It's uh, being uh, revamped. It is HaleyRoseFoundation.org. And you can email us if you have any questions at HaleyRoseFoundation at gmail or dot com. <laughs> no problem. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, okay. Cheryl, so much. And there you have it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at The Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.